Welcome, welcome, everybody. It is absolutely fantastic to be here with you today. I am Michelle Hayward, founder of Positive Hire. And if you are attending the STEM Success Summit, thank you so much for joining us here at the Positive Hire booth. Now, if you're like, I don't know what you mean by STEM Success Summit, I got you covered. I'm going to share with you a very special event that started on a November 17th and runs until November 20th. It is called the STEM Success Summit, hosted by STEM Media, which was founded by Dr. Nehemiah Marbury, who is a civil engineer. He's a licensed structural engineer. He's also an instructor at NC, North Carolina State University. So definitely, definitely go and register for the STEM Success Summit. And you're like, okay, great. Some engineer created this. Let me tell you why the STEM Success Summit is absolutely fantastic opportunity for you if you are a young STEM professional. They're going to help you, even students, launch a successful and meaningful career is what this summit is all about. For you, what they're looking at helping you do is really hone in on your STEM career strategy and certifications, having you look at technology and innovation, all this career opportunities, How, looking at securing funding and financial management opportunities, as well as personal finance, personal branding, networking, and resume building are going on at the summit. They're even talking about graduate school and research careers. But I'm in that entrepreneurship and startup side of it, but I'm having a booth here. So definitely, definitely we can talk about startups. Uh, we can talk about what that looks like if you are a STEM um, professional or if you're a STEM student. So science, technology, engineering, and math. That's what S-T-E-M stands for, STEM. They're going to have um, healthcare and medicine as well as sustainability and environmental advocacy. But more importantly, it is usually last, but it's absolutely the most important part of who you are. It is your mental health and personal well-being. We're going to cover all of that during this virtual summit. That is completely free, which blows my mind. I got to talk to you, Nehemiah. You might need to be charging for this. You can also do job hunting in STEM. And so today, I am here not only sharing with you the STEM Success Summit, but what you can get from it and to engage with those of you that are attending the summit. So I'm really, really happy to have you join us today. Now, I am going to be talking about something that is near and dear to my heart, which is why Black, Latinx, and Indigenous women are the best thing that's happening to STEM. Like, truly, truly, what's up, what's going on, is on and popping. They are truly the next generation. They are going to take STEM by storm. Um, and it, it, they're truly the future of STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math. Before I get started, if you can, in the chat, share with us where you're tuning in from. I'm in rural South Carolina, my home state, Clemson University graduate. Maybe you're a student. Put in what university you rep in. We want to know here at the STEM Success Summit. We want to get to know you. We definitely, definitely want to see what's going on with each of you right now, Okay. If you have questions, definitely drop those in as well, and we will get to those 
as we go through this short time we have together, but we're going to make it as powerful as possible, as interactive and engaging as possible as well. So let's, let's not get upset, but let's make it the best that it can possibly be. All right. Now, what I do want to do is let's get started with why Black, Latinx, and Indigenous women women are the future of STEM. To me, I don't know. You may have a different view. Definitely, definitely let me know. I want to know your, your viewpoint on this as well. I want to know your thoughts on this as well. So definitely be sharing that as we have this time together. And even if you're watching the replay, I still want to know. So the first reason why I truly believe um, Black, Latinx, and Indigenous women are the future of STEM is number one, they're solving community or societal problems. What? Yes, they are literally just solving a, a, a very niche problem. But usually that solution is impacting those people or people on a large scale. So oftentimes we talk about skin. I don't know how many of you remember, uh, if you're in my age, you're a tail end Gen X or older, where in you would go buy makeup and it would make you look ashy. Or there were medical devices that do not work for us. And even if you look at BMI, where they're looking at your weight, your body mass index, the BMI, it is not based on um, African body build, which is definitely different than what it's based on. And so we're coming in solving maternal health because there's a high maternal health um there's a high maternal health uh, death rate for Black women, for Hispanic women, for Asian women. And how do we change that? And so they're really looking at solutions that have often been overlooked. But for the vast majority of the world, they will be a, they will be solving that problem. So that is one thing that I'm really, really excited about. The next thing that I would say as to why Black, Latinx, and Indigenous women are are the future of STEM. They're leaders. They are leaders in their communities. And when they go out and they're doing work for the community, the community listens, the community responds. And we see this often in politics. We see this often in fundraising, where they're able to really bring people together to solve a problem, to, to create movements, and really bring about change. And that is another reason why I see these women in these communities really being the future of STEM. Because they, as leaders, they, they, they're listening to their community and they're responding and they're solving these problems in a very technical way, but in a very caring way, which is another, the next reason why I think they will be the future of STEM. They will be the future of STEM because they're nurturers. You cannot solve a problem in society without, without caring about people, without talking to people, without being able to relate to people. You will not be able to solve a problem. And if you're not able to solve a problem for people, if you're not able to do that, who are you solving the problem for? Maybe it's yourself. Maybe 
it is you're, you're in, when you're looking at solutions, you have to be able to talk to people, engage with people, um, understand at a at a emotional level what they need and being able to connect with them for some of us, right? To create these solutions. Women have oftentimes women have a great gift at this and and being nurturers. And so it's really, really important to understand how to leverage that part of women, the nurturing part, to bring about solutions that require science, technology, engineering, and a lot of math, high levels of math. And that oftentimes is, oh, well, you're a nurturer. You shouldn't be doing this difficult stuff. No, they should be doing the difficult things because they have to be humanized. You have to bring in that nurturing side of what is going on into developing and changing what is what is in STEM. Uh, one of the reasons I liked civil engineering was a lot of people wanted to wanted to change and build stuff, right? But one of the things I learned in civil was how you we were responsible as civil engineers for the public. Okay, you design that, but if it failed, the structure failed, what impact does it have on lives? If it isn't able to do X, Y, and Z, what impact does it have on the owner? If it can't do one, two, three, how does it impact the public? And so in civil, it was always pushed upon me and others in my program, the impact that the work we did as civil engineers on the public. And oftentimes that is removed, right? Having a sense of responsibility or who's going to engage with your code, who's going to engage with um, this process you're developing inside a facility to maybe produce the next level of, I don't know, widgets or something, uh, medical devices, hair products, vaccines, whatever that is. But nobody's really focused on it as much when you're talking about science, technology, engineering, and math. Like, oh, that's a social science. We don't do it. You have to bring in the nurturing when you're talking about these solutions, okay? Next, the next reason I think that women who are Black, Latinx, and Indigenous in STEM are driving the future is because they're underestimated. It's like, wait, what? They're underestimated. They're tired of being gaslit. They're tired of being overlooked. They're tired. They see the opportunity to go into entrepreneurship. They see the opportunity to found their own startups. They see the opportunity to become consultants to go and solve these problems. They still see the opportunity, but it is no longer inside somebody else's walls. It is inside their own business. And so they're now then going out, and this is number, they're underestimated, so they're pissed off and they're leaving. If you don't know, Black women not only are graduating with more degrees, not as many in STEM as we like, but they're creating a lot of businesses, as, as well as Hispanic women, at enormous rates like 270% a year, being able then to help them get funding and grow those businesses and generate is the next step, generate you know six and seven figure businesses that are science, technology, engineering based is the next step. And so I see people in this space now solving that problem, 
getting these women funding, helping them structure their businesses and helping them generate that wealth. That is why I see this as the next opportunity for the future of STEM with Black, Latinx, and Indigenous women. I said it. I said what I said. I meant what I said. I'm going to go what I said. Okay? That's 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 how it is. That's how it's going down today. Okay? Um, the next thing, so I said they're starting businesses at record levels. But you know what else they do? They get culture right. They're creating these businesses and they're getting their culture right. Organizations right now are talking about the great resignation and employees are quitting. Let me tell you something. Women of color in STEM have been leaving organizations, have been leaving their STEM careers at high rates, like one in every three. We were a small population of, of, of professionals, one in three. There are, out of all engineers in the U.S., 3.94% combined are Black, Hispanic, and Native women. Come back. All 100% of engineers, when you get down to it, 3.94% are Black, Hispanic, and Native women with engineering degrees. I'm part of that 3.94%. I'm also part of that women of color, one out of three, that leaves their STEM career as well. But I went into startups, creating an inclusive culture. Because when you create that culture, they stay. And so organizations like, oh, it's a pipeline problem. It is a culture problem. You're seeing a high level of resignations of people leaving because you refuse to change the culture. And so this has not been all of a sudden. The signs and signals have been there. What organizations did, they ignored them. Why? Because it was Black women quitting. They, she don't matter. There were Latinas quitting. Oh. She don't matter. There were indigenous women quit. She don't matter. But you know what happened? The white women were looking. LGBTQ community employees were looking. The white men who no longer wanted to be there and be somewhere else where they knew more people were going to be respected were looking and watching. And you didn't change anything. And then what happened? a pandemic where all of these people were continuously dying and you were focused more on were you going to still be able to be productive and generate revenue because we still owe things to our stakeholders. You owe things to your employees first and your employees are speaking, but because the vast majority of those employees who look like the C-suite are now leaving, we're having an issue, but you still don't want to change. So the future of STEM is Black, Latinx, and Indigenous women because they're creating inclusive workplaces where people are no longer overlooked, their voices are heard, their ideas are not stolen while they're sitting at the same table as people who don't look like them. That is why Black, Latinx, and indigenous women are the future of STEM.
highly educated, highly motivated, creating solutions for societal problems at scale. And the people they are worried about are the people that are working in their businesses. Don't get me wrong. They owe something to their stakeholders and their customers, but they're taking care of their employees first. And they're getting that right because organizations refuse to make those changes. And organizations had decades to do this, but they wanted to grow profits. I remember I did a, a summit last year um, in April, like right at the onset of the, the pandemic. And I said, the best performing companies will be those that are inclusive. The other panelists had said other things. They looked at me, I said, because the people will stay, they will bring in new ideas, they will get the support they need, and they will enter this, those companies will enter into markets and develop products they never thought about because they had not listened to the voices of Black, Latinx, and Indigenous women. Trust me on this. If you don't bet on anything, you're going to bet on Black. Okay? All right. Now, what is the next reason that Black, Latinx, and Indigenous women are the future of STEM? Different perspectives lead to different solutions. Different perspectives lead to different solutions. Okay. I don't know. Let, let's play this game. Make, some of us may have been homeschooled. Some of us went to school on a bus. Some of us may be dropped off by parents or carpool. So you were in a minivan or a car, somebody dropped you off. Your experience in travel are all different, right? Some of us know to prepare for rain days because we took the school bus. So we always kept the umbrella on us. Those of us that may have been in a passenger car, private vehicle, you know, parents or a carpool may not because the car usually came closer to us. And so our solutions and, and how we view the world and how we anticipate things are differently And our solutions. And I remember being somewhere um, and we were having an issue with, I don't, I don't even remember exactly what the issue was but the solution was literally was taking a piece of aluminum foil and a and, a, and some wood because we couldn't find any i was like looking for something that would flatten out but still be stiff i said why don't you just use a piece of aluminum foil and they looked at me but if you've ever had to level anything or shimmy something paper only lasts so long um and, and I know what we wanted something to form fit. So paper would end up being moved around. But if you could form something at the bottom of this leg on this table, the aluminum foil was going to form around it and stay longer and not be shifted and moved like a piece of cardboard or paper or wood. And people like, I never would have thought of aluminum foil. But by having different experiences, always trying to level out stuff, you come up with different solutions. So different perspectives, different experiences, you see different solutions. And oftentimes we talk, we should diversify teams, women, you know, they always make medical devices that are too large for women. They're always making these things for men. When you look at vehicle designs, they're like, oh, we designed these vehicles for women. Yet when you look at studies, 
certain heights, which are usually the height that a lot, most women fall into, have the in have the highest death rates and injury rates because the vehicle was designed for women, but the seat belt, the steering column, the seat were not to help us help us live through a crash or or not get as severely injured, right? It was just marketed to women. It was not designed for men, women in mind. They kept the same exact measurements that they've been using. But the woman that comes out with the Shesla, I'm going to call it a Shesla because y'all love Teslas. It's a Shesla. The Shesla that was actually designed for women five foot five and shorter, maybe the 410, 4'9, right? Who are sometimes pregnant, right? Who need to be closer to the steering wheel, who need to have their seats raised. Whoever creates the Shesla and gets it right will be a woman. Because nobody's developing those yet. They haven't listened. They don't have that experience of what it's like to be choked by a seatbelt and having to figure out a workaround. They don't know what it's like to always trying to keep two and three kids to sit down. And women are coming up with these solutions because they're living it every single day. So why is the future of STEM Black, Latinx, and Indigenous women? I'll, I'll run it back. I'm going to run it back for you. I'm going to run it back. Because we solve community or societal problems, right? We, we're in the culture. We're of the culture. And we're solving and bringing solutions for the culture. That's what we do. That's what we do. Right? Women are natural leaders. I said it. Not mean girls, but leaders. Women activate in their communities, in the culture, and they are change agents. Why? Because number three, they're nurturers. They're going to nurture people. And so when they come up with solutions, when they're solving problems, they're thinking about people in mind, not profits. That's, that's, a, two, that's a double-edged sword in business, right? You're solving a solution for people. If the people like the solution, then go back and ask them how much they'll pay for it so it can be profitable. But if you're solving something and you're not nurturing, you're not being human with that solution, nobody going to pay for it. They don't want it. Black, Latinx, and Indigenous women, especially in STEM, are underestimated, overlooked, and just damn tired. They, they're not going to leave their, their expertise, their education, their knowledge when they leave their STEM career. They're just going to go to number five and start their own businesses, whether it's a tech, tech startup, whether it's a small business, whether it's a consulting firm. And they're going to take that with them and they're going to leverage that to build a number six, an inclusive workplace. Because organizations have not listened. They tried to fix Black, Latinx, and Indigenous communities, people, and say, you need to fit in here. The hell we do? 
you need to be more inclusive so those organizations have not done work. So they're seeing not just Black, Latinx, and Indigenous women in STEM quitting. They're seeing everybody resigning at high numbers because you showed you did not care about people. It was profits over people. And those people have said, you know what? Time's up. I'm done. I'm going someplace else because it is not here. And lastly, why Black, Latinx, and Indigenous women are the future of STEM, they bring in different perspectives that lead to different solutions. Too often they aren't listened to in organizations. And guess what? They are now leaving and taking those ideas and executing them outside of those organizations. They're still going to solve the problem. They're still going to get it done. Sudden, that's what they're going to do. So it's really, really important to understand for organizations like, oh, we're going to, we're going to make the change. You're going to go sing that Michael Jackson song, but you're going to have to go do some work. If you want to have Black, Latinx, Indigenous women in STEM in your organization to drive the future, you have to change your culture. And that is not what's happening. So, hey, Dr. Nehemiah, I'm glad you could drop by. Thank you, Haley, for joining me. Yes, do you believe, let, let's ask this question. Do you believe Black, Latinx, and Indigenous women are the future of STEM? I want to know. I want to know your thoughts. Do you believe they are the future of STEM? I do, obviously, because I wouldn't be talking about it. But I want to know your thoughts on that. I truly, truly do. All right. If you're just joining us, I want to let you know um, that we have our next event coming up this month, uh, next week, Tuesday, where I will be talking about how to level up your LinkedIn live. Not live, just your LinkedIn. Okay. And you can join me over at bit.ly. I'm going to add this. I forgot to add this. But you can join me at this, this um, webinar. It is, it is literally a webinar. It is going to go on for 75 minutes, about 40 minutes of 40 minutes of teaching you some tips and things you didn't know about getting seen and heard on LinkedIn. And then you can also uh, ask some questions that be that I made about what you're doing on LinkedIn, and we can definitely, definitely talk about that. And then we can also just hang out. I don't know. We can also just hang out. I, I like hanging out with y'all. Well, the people in my community, I won't say all y'all, but some of y'all I, I do enjoy hanging out with. So you can go to bit.ly. You thought I was about to say another word. I was not forward slash up leveling on LinkedIn. That's up leveling. All lowercase, it is case sensitive. So up leveling on LinkedIn, all lowercase. And join me there. It goes down at 7 p.m. East Coast time on Tuesday, November 13th. I'm going to be talking about up leveling on LinkedIn. So if you have not done that, I want to share with you. Let me, it's, it's, it's some really easy things you can do. It's not always, I didn't know it worked like that. Yes, it really, really does work like that. And it's not anything you have to stress about, but definitely some 
some monumentous things you can do on your profile to get seen by recruiters and hiring managers, even be, build out your network. So we're going to talk about that on the next um, webinar at Positive Hire. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about it. I would love to have y'all there. So come by um, Up Leveling on LinkedIn on November 23rd. Uh, if it's after November 23rd, you're going to have to come over to positivehire.co forward slash blog, and we'll have the replay posted there. But you want to join live so you can ask your questions. Because I'm not taking questions before the event, but I am taking questions during the event. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. If you have not registered yet, if you have not registered yet, you want to go join the STEM Success Summit at 21.stemsuccesssummit.com. I'm not 21, 2021.stemsuccesssummit.com. It goes on until November 20th. So you got a little bit of time to come and join the fun and really connect with others in STEM, young professionals in STEM, as well as those in college learning um, and learning their craft and getting started. So everybody have a great time at the summit and I will catch you later. Bye.